My name is JD. I'm one of the pastors. I'm the executive pastor. And uh, on occasion, I get to teach on Sunday morning, so I get to continue our series this morning for the sake of the world. But before we jump into that, um, many of you may uh, have been wondering about this grant process we're in with the Mill City Commons. You might have seen on social media, we got this grant to build rain gardens at the Mill City Commons. So I'm really excited about that. It's one of the projects I've been working on. And it's a really cool opportunity. This is just the design phase, but it's a really cool opportunity to bring in uh, people from the neighborhood to design this, this thing that will help us steward this space that God's given us really well. And so it, it'll be an awesome opportunity. If you want to be a part of that, let me know. My email is jd at millcitychurch.com. Probably like November, December, we're going to have an event for you to give feedback on the design that comes out of that process uh, that we'll eventually be submitting to hopefully get another grant to build it out this spring. So it's really exciting. We're super pumped about it. Um, stay tuned. So this series we're in, For the Sake of the World, uh, is about having a conversation about how God views the world and what Christians' relationship to the world should be, and specifically how that influences our work, the work we do day in and day out. And we're having this conversation, and we continually have these sorts of conversations at Mill Cities because the fact of the matter is that uh, the space in which you're participating with God in a, a lot of your week is in your workplace. You're only here maybe an hour and a half a week. Uh, you're in your neighborhood often during the week, but you're in your workplace typically the most in your life. It's a mission priority for us this year. So we've had conversations like, what does it look like to live as a Christian in the workplace? Michael started us off with that. We talked about building God's reputation. We talked about last week, Stephanie talked about resisting evil. And we're going to continue this conversation this week. And it's actually the conclusion, so sad face, but it's going to be really good. So let's pray before we jump in and uh, read the scripture this morning. God, we love you. Uh, we're here to listen uh, to your scripture, to anything that you'd have to say to us today. I, I pray that we would be able to come to these moments authentically uh, with whatever we're bringing into this moment today. Uh, and trust you that this is a safe place to learn from you, uh, to receive your love, to get guidance from you, Holy Spirit, in our everyday life and especially in our work life. Uh, we trust you for that. God, we pray for this school, that your presence would be here. We thank you, thank you, thank you for the vocation of these teachers. I pray that they would uh, experience your joy this week, maybe even if they don't know what that is, uh, for what they're doing uh, in these kids' lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have a question for you to ponder as we start. What do your coworkers think about you being a Christian? And maybe if you're with us this morning and you wouldn't identify as a Christian, just hypothetically, what would your coworkers think if you told them that you decided to become a Christian? Let's just let that question sit with us this morning as we have this conversation. Now, I was talking about this question with Michael, uh, one of our lead pastors, earlier this week, and he shared this story with me that was applicable to the question. Uh, he, uh, right out of the gate of college, worked at Wells Fargo for a number of years. He shared this with our community before. And uh, at some point, after working there for a few years, he decided to go uh, be trained as a pastor, go to seminary. And so his coworkers had this going away party for him. Uh, and at the going away party, they gave him a gift. And uh, they gave him this. You can put the picture up. 
<laughs> so I tried to get Michael to find this thing and take a picture of it, and he, could, he couldn't find it to take a picture. He's convinced he has it, so here, here's what I want to do. He's not in the room, I don't think. He's back in kids' worship. So if we get, uh, let's have a little competition. If we get like 20 people to either email him, mb at millcitychurch.com, or like tweet at him on Twitter. I don't know what his handle is. You can find it. If we get 20 people to just email him hashtag monk suit, we'll make him find the suit or buy him one and take a picture with him in it. So hopefully it doesn't take you all sermon to do that on your smartphone. You can save that till later. But I think this is kind of funny. His coworkers are obviously being sarcastic, but it, it, it kind of, in every bit of sarcasm, there's a little truth, isn't it? Like when we entertain this question, what do our coworkers think of us being Christian, our deepest fear is that this is what they actually think of us. And when it comes to having conversations about God with our coworkers, which I want to talk about today, this is some of the anxiety that comes up for us. When we think about talking about God with our coworkers, we're afraid we might be misunderstood, judged. We, we think that as soon as we entertain this conversation about God or Christianity, every negative experience they've had with Christianity is going to get lumped on what they think of us. And I, I don't want to belittle these fears at all. I think they're real, but I think we ought to pay attention to them and press into them. And if we have the courage to overcome these barriers to us having conversations with our coworkers about God, it can unlock amazing kingdom things. We can see God do and work in amazing ways. There is real hesitations and barriers, and this is one of them uh, to us living for the sake of the world, talking about God with our coworkers. And it's not, uh, when, when these conversations happen, I don't just think they're accidental or occasional. I think they're essential to what it means to be a Christian in the workplace, what it means to live for the sake of the world through our work. So the scripture I want to sit with this morning I think sheds light on uh, this tension a little bit. The scripture is 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. In this scripture, Paul, I believe, is kind of telling the Corinthian church or talking to them about what it means for them in their day to live for the sake of the world. And I think it's applicable for what we're talking about. In this context, uh, in Corinthians, uh, or Corinth, Corinth uh, more properly, they uh, were misunderstood all the time. These were people who even had some persecution brought against them. So their fear wasn't just emotional or relational. They were actually in danger sometimes if they identified with the Christian faith. And uh, I get the, the notion as I read through Corinthians that they may be a little shell-shocked from some of their experiences in everyday life uh, living out their faith. And in this passage, Paul is urging them, bringing them back to what matters most, giving them a fresh vision for what it means to live for the sake of the world. And he's bringing them back kind of to the big picture of what matters in this sense. So let's read through this. We may pause in a few moments just to clarify things. If you have a Bible, you can open it up. It'll be on the screen as well. We're going to pick this up in 5.16. It says, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if any wasn't, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and the new is here. Let's pause just for a second. What is Paul talking about here? This idea of new creation has been a promise from a long time ago. This is God's work of renewing the world, and he's saying it's, it's taking place in Jesus and in you. 
And that makes a huge difference with how you interact with the people around you. Paul is saying, God is up to something big here, and we are a part of it. He continues and says, all this is of God. All this is from God. This is God's doing. Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, pay attention to this, the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sin against them. He has committed to us the what? The message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that we might uh, become the righteousness of God. Or in other words, we might be a part of what God, of God making the wrong things right. That's how I understand it. Here's Paul who loves this community, who knows that they're facing a lot of fears and resistance in the spaces that they live, and he's urging them to take up this uh, mission of reconciliation. So this, this is kind of a big picture. It's a really robust way of understanding how we ought to live for the sake of the world in our ordinary life. But what does it mean for this question of having conversations at work? Or what does it mean for us as Christians in our workplace? And I want to just kind of uh, use some work language, modern work language, to maybe interpret the scripture a little bit or talk about the scripture. So every, uh, not every, most organizations have a mission statement, right? So if I were to extrapolate a mission statement that uh, Paul is saying about what God is doing here, it is God has and is reconciling through Jesus. What God is up to, what God's people are up to, is reconciliation, bringing the world back in relationship with God. So every, uh, you can think about, uh, that's what God's doing, and he's invited us to participate in that. So if we had a job description, I'm an executive pastor, so part of my role is HR, so I've seen a few job descriptions. And at the top, it's usually there's a title, and if we were to be given a title in this work of reconciliation, it comes uh, in verse 20 there. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. If we were to have a title, it would be ambassador. And Paul is uh, calling, uh, using this metaphor to call this picture into question of someone who is sent out to work with the person who sent them out in a different place, in a place sent out to a workplace to be a representative, but also to do the work of what that person who sent them out desires to do. So if we had a title, it would be uh, ambassador, and probably under that title would be supervisor, which would be Holy Spirit, and then it would be time you're supposed to work, and it's like all the time, especially when you don't expect it. And if we went further down in the job description, I think we'd hit two major bullet points of what it means for us to participate with God in our work, and particularly have these conversations at work. And those came up in the scripture. The first one is this ministry of reconciliation that was mentioned, that was given to us. And I think Paul is referencing uh, something he said in the first letter to the Corinthians uh, in 3.9. He says, we are co-workers with Christ. So what Christ is all about, we get to participate in that. We're co-workers with him. And many of the sermons before this have been about that work, about that ministry. That word uh, for ministry is the word that we extrapolate uh, deacon. Remember that old Christian word uh, in churches? 
Uh, in churches, it's referenced to people who do the work of the church. And it just basically means the people who do the work. So there's an element of this reconciliatory work that God's up to that comes through your work. As a part of your work, God is reconciling the world to himself. And a part of what that means for us is to take a Christian perspective in our work, to live good, such good lives, as Michael said a few weeks ago, that it builds God's reputation. And as Stephanie was talking about last week, a part of what that means for us is that we have to resist evil as we encounter it in our vocations. The second piece I really want to focus on here, the second point of the job description, if you will, the message of reconciliation. God gives us the opportunity to participate in the message of reconciliation. And I think if I were to sum this up in a phrase, this means that as ambassadors of what God's doing in the world, we have the role of giving God credit. We have the role of giving God credit for the work that he's doing. Now, I think this happens in two ways. We give God credit for the work he's doing through our work and in our work. So I had the opportunity to email just a handful of people from Mill City and ask them the question, what is God doing in your work? And just a small sample, some amazing things came back. I heard from a resident uh, director at a college who said, uh, I get to engage in the healing process in broken moments in student li students' life and see God heal them through just practicing presence with other people and telling them that God's never going to give up on them. I talked to some, or someone uh, corresponded about being in a sales role, and in their sales role, the products that they sell provide comfort and restoration in some sense, but it's more about the people than the product, and he sees God working through the relationships he gets to build in his sales role. A couple people from youth development uh, help youth understand the value of themselves, and God is instilling confidence to be who he created them to be through their work. God is building a sense of community and belonging for these youth through their work. And one person who responded to me had this really cool story. Their job is to build aquaponics structures with students in schools. Uh, and uh, apparently he had some students come in to this uh, time that they were building these things who were a little bit too cool for school and didn't want to participate right away. We were kind of cross-armed and sat in the back of the room. And by the end of the time, by the way he engaged with them, in the work, in the work that they were doing, they were like right in it. They were building this stuff. And he saw God working in that moment to restore a sense of them understanding that they were created in the image of God and could be creative people. They could make things. That's a huge thing, a huge confidence booster for a young person to realize. I think if we take the moments in our work to point out these different ways that God is working in our work, now that was just like five people. There's like 230 people in here. You imagine all the ways God is working, and part of our role as ambassadors in this work of reconciliation is just taking the opportunity to name the work is, that God's doing through our work. So let me just share with you uh, how I'm trying to do this. And I think one practical step in being ready to do that is just pay attention to your work, the work you do, and ask, what does God care about and how does that line up with my work? So here's how I'm trying to work this out. As many of you know, uh, most all, actually all the pastors here at Mill City are bivocational. That just means we have two, maybe three jobs and work in varying degrees at this church so we can have more of a team model. For me, that means I spend three-fourths of my time being the executive pastor and a fourth of my time managing rental properties in the Twin Cities. 
And so as a part of managing rental properties, I'm always, uh, not always, but sometimes signing leases with people and sitting down. And it's a moment where I really get to impart uh, the vision of what I'm doing, the vision of why I'm spending my time. A lot of it's transactional. A lot of it's just like, you can't do this. You can't have a grill in the room. Don't do that. That kind of stuff. Um, I just got to say it sometimes. And at the end, I've been getting in the habit of creating this time where I just say, hey, I want to tell you a little bit about why I'm doing this. And it always comes off a little weird and not uh, totally like scripted or not totally smooth. But to some degree, in conversation with the, my future tenants, I say, I do this because I think God cares about these properties that I'm stewarding. I think God cares about this building. I think God cares about this neighborhood. And I just want you to know that it motivates me uh, to take care of this space really well. And because I think if we do that, then God's desires for this neighborhood will come true. It'll be a safer place. It'll be a better place to live. And so I've experimented trying to do this with a, a few tenants, and I don't want to call them out because they're actually here today, but the most recent tenant that I did this with is sitting in this auditorium right now. So don't want to call them out. But it's an amazing story that they just moved here, and they're, they're looking for a, a faith community, and who would have thought they sat down with their landlord, and he tells them this thing, and they're, they're kind of like looking at each other like, is this really happening right now? And then they asked me, what church are you talking about? And I said, well, it's called Mill City, and here they are. So it's amazing what God can do when we just take a little opportunity to say, hey, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. This is how I see God working. The other part of that job description, bullet point two, I think is taking the opportunity to talk about what God's doing in our life at work. So I had an opportunity to talk to uh, a few people at Mill City where this has happened to them, where someone went out of their way to talk about what God had done in their life, in their work, and it totally changed their life. The first one is Ellen. Uh, Ellen was working in the retail space, and uh, this new coworker came. Her name was Sarah, and initially Ellen said she didn't really like Sarah, which is funny when you hear the rest of the story. Uh, but Sarah, on occasion, would talk about what was happening with her church or talk about... Uh, what God was doing in her life. And Ellen kind of was like, huh, that's a little, a, a little weird, but intriguing to me. And then there was one point in Ellen's life where uh, she wasn't taking her faith that seriously, and then she made a turn to it being really important to her. And she felt like because of what Sarah had done, because she had created a space where she was talking about what God was doing, she felt safe enough to go to Sarah and say, hey, can you grab coffee sometime? And for the next few months, they grabbed coffee like uh, on an occasional basis and just talked about faith. And Ellen, when she had tons of questions uh, for, for people and she didn't really know who to ask uh, questions about what it means to be a Christian, she was able to ask these to Sarah. And Sarah eventually stood up in her wedding because they fostered this relationship. And as you know, Ellen is here in our community and she's teaching an equipping class. And she would say her life was changed because Sarah was just willing to talk about what God was doing through her church and her life in the workplace. Just begs the question, how many Ellens are there in the workplaces that we're a part of? We have no way of knowing. The second story uh, was Rich, uh, a cool guy who's just started to come uh, to our community. Rich uh, is in sales for, uh, and was at a time for GE, General Electric. 
and uh, it was high pressure sales. There were really big uh, deals that he was working on. He was based out of Austin, flying kind of all over the country. And he was often called in to close big deals for regional salespeople. And one of these regional salespeople was Shay that he got to know. And uh, they were working on this deal together. And uh, Rich had to go back to the airport and ask for a ride from Shay. And Shay said, hey, why don't we stop by Starbucks on the way there? And they were sitting talking about Starbucks. Now, let me preface what's about to happen. Uh, Rich is like two or three rungs up on the corporate ladder than Shay. So there's a little bit of a power dynamic going on here. In the corporate world, uh, if you're a part of that, you know what I mean. So uh, superior, or, or subordinate asks superior to go to coffee at Starbucks. Let's just start with that. And then asks, how would you describe your life? Okay. Uh, and then <laughs> Rich goes on to describe his life, which Shay didn't know this was kind of in a rough place, uh, but didn't give much detail about that. And then Shay says, well, well, that just sounds kind of shallow. <laughs> like, list on the top of things you don't say to your supervisor. And then Shay continues and goes on to, to, to share the gospel with Rich and talk about how Jesus has totally transformed his life. And I, I, I really wish Rich was up here sharing the story because he tells it way better than I do, obviously. But Rich said to me, he's like, 90, 90, 99.9% of the time I would have called his boss and chewed him out for this guy having a conversation. But in that day, in Starbucks, Rich gave his life to Jesus. And he, he said, you know, I, I had friends who were Christians who could have had conversations with me and I would have just pushed it off. But for some reason, God was working in that day. And Shay had enough confidence to just follow God's lead. And it changed Rich's life forever. He said he walked around the airport kind of just in a daze, not knowing what had just happened, but knowing it was significant. And ever since, Rich would tell you his life has been wildly different. And he loves telling that story. Now, uh, I don't want to stand up here and tell you that there's a formula to talking to your coworkers about Jesus. I'm not, certainly not going to say you got to do what Shay did. What I'm going to tell you, though, is that God works in funky ways with this stuff. God works in some, some ways that we do not expect. And all that I think he asks us to do is to be ready and willing to, to give him credit for what he's doing in our work and give him credit for what he's done in our lives. And I think if we're ready to do that, if we're ready to tell the story of reconciliation that God is writing all over the world, we give people an opportunity to be a part of that story. We give people an opportunity to get to know this courageous God who loves us so much and is transforming the world. Last week, Stephanie called, talked about uh, resisting evil. And I think one of the ways that evil influences this part of our work is he's running a PR campaign that tells us the lie that our work doesn't have any meaning in the kingdom of God. He's running this PR lie that we're gonna uh, get... Uh, lit up at work if we mention God's name, or, or, or our coworkers are going to turn against us, or it's totally going to wreck our reputation that we've built or the relationships we're a part of. That is a lie. In every experience that I've heard, in every story that I've heard, God does amazing things when we're willing to have the courage to just give him credit for what he's doing in our workplace. I want you to just imagine for a moment all of the vocations that are represented in this room. And how many of them have relationships with an Ellen or a Rich 
or how many of you are doing so, such important work that God really cares about and sees as a part of him bringing his kingdom here. We need to tell those stories. We need to be ready to give God credit for those moments when they come up with our coworkers. To close, I want to read this scripture from Romans, Romans 1.16. It won't be on the screen, but I'll just read it for you. This is Paul again, a, a guy who's experienced a lot of flack for the gospel, a flack for naming what God has done in his own life. And he says these words that I hope can ring in our ears this week, whatever God puts in front of us. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. When we walk through our workplaces this week and this month, I hope that that scripture can permeate the way that we're walking through the halls of our workplace. We can muster the courage to, the people, to be the people who are not ashamed of the gospel and understand that it's not about us. It's about what God is doing. It's about his power to save people, to save this world, and that he's doing that work all around us. I want to invite the band to come up. Every week we've created the opportunity to take communion. And as we do that this week, if you're a follower of Jesus, I invite you to participate with us. We have gluten-free bread. And you can dip it in the juice as you come down the aisles to partake. As we do this, I want to kind of just bring back up the last part of the scripture that we read together today, where Paul is urging people, be reconciled. I think what it takes for us to have the courage to have these conversations is for us in these moments where we're practicing the gospel together, to reconcile ourselves to God and just take a moment to realize the ridiculous love of God, that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son to die on a cross for you and for me. Every time we, we take the bread and the cup, we celebrate that. We remember that Jesus lived for the sake of the world and he is our example. He's our model. Not only did he uh, forgive us of our sins, but wants to do that for our neighbor and he wants to renew and reconcile the whole world. So as you take communion this morning, I pray that you would get a fresh and renewed vision of that reconciling work that God wants to do through your work and in your life that will give you confidence to give God credit for that work that he's doing. Let's pray. God, we love you. As we enter into this time of communion, may it be a time of remembrance for us where Jesus, we remember that you're at the center of this all that you practiced this in the face of resistance, in the face of scorn, in the, in the face of emotional tension that was too hard to bear sometimes, Scott. Jesus, you gave your father credit for what he was doing through you. And you went to the fullest extent to show and to work for reconciliation for us and for this world. God, we celebrate that. God, we are not ashamed of that. God, help us to give you credit in our workplaces. Would you be with us now as we receive your body broken for us and your blood shed for us? In Jesus' name, amen.